Good day. Good day. How are you? Hey, stand by. Good. How are my levels, George? Your levels are wonderful. Someone was. Someone said to me, "All right, we are live on thepointofthings.com." Someone said to me that you sounded softer than I did on, on the last broadcast. <clears throat> can't have that. George. We can't have that. So uh, let's see. Have that. Go ahead. Go ahead and count to ten. I have to be. I have to be just as hard as you, George. <laughs> you're the. You're the. One. You're in command. Two. No, I'm not. Three. Right, Four. I can bring the levels five, up. Five. Six. Thing. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Yeah, I mean you're eleven. You're you're 12? maybe bring up the gain on your. Uh, are you on your your access? Uh, I am indeed. And turn uh, up the gain a little bit on that. This is all very technical. Check 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 check. How about now? Now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now we're really now? that loud. Yeah, that's a bit louder. That's good. All right. All right. Here we go. You ready? Sure. All right. This is the point of things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. And here they are. Occasionally bitter, but with a surprisingly sweet aftertaste. Hat stuck Tom and parable cock ego. Wait a minute. There was something wrong with that. Did you hear that? Did you hear that sound like gibberish? Parabell cock ego is what I yeah. heard. Okay, I've discovered the internet anagram server. Anagram. Really? This is, yes, for those of you playing along at home, it's HTTP colon forward slash new dot wordsmith dot org forward slash anagram and so you can put in anything you want and it gives you it gives you text it, it gives you the, it, it sits there and it thinks for a while and then you get anagram so i've i've announced i have um i have enlisted our announcer felicity humphrey smythe that's her yes i'm trying oh. to i'm trying to animate her to read some of these so i i first i put in the point of things all right so here's an anagram for the point of things and you can you can just stop me whenever this gets really stupid, okay? But uh, you're typing it in right now. You can hear. Can you hear his key, keystrokes? He's typing right now. He's can you hear that? I can. That's okay. Fetish ting photon. That is an anagram for the point of things. Fetish ting photon. All right. How about this one? You ready? Ooh. All right. Here's another one. Hefting pith snoot. Hefting pith snoot. I think that's a lot of shows are like that. That's how you feel when it's you over. You know what, George? That's a great point because we're also running out of words. So if we start using all of them backwards and... <laughs> we can make more words. Yes. Make more words. <laughs> like... Petting hoofs thin. Petting hoofs thin. So, George, here's my worry. Since right. we're since all the statues have been pushed on now, including uh, the Ulysses S. Grant and George Washington and Jesus Christ, I assume the one in Brazil is coming who, down. Who is buried in Grant's tomb? Down. Who's buried in Grant's tomb? Have they gone right. to Grant's tomb? I don't know. And, Dig him up. Um, was that the Smothers Brothers, George? Was no, that was that, actually was that, that, was, that was actually Groucho Latin? Marx. Oh, it was okay. That was on uh, "You Bet Your Life." That would be the the uh, answer when you failed, so you could win your your lovely door prize, which is like a vacuum cleaner or something. He would ask you a question like, "What color is an orange?" or <clears throat> "How many bullets does a six shooter shoot?" And then, "Who's buried in Grant's tomb?" <laughs> it was one of them. By the way, I would have finished. I, I gotta finish. I just want to finish the anagram thing. So I ran our names okay. through this. Okay, so this is something oh, you've nice. probably heard before. You ready? That sucked, Tom. That sucked, Tom. That that has happened. But that's. I have heard that. Yes, even an hour ago. <laughs> even recently. All right, but this doesn't beat mine. You ready? Rag bag loco p. <laughs> Rag bag loco p. 
I heard rat bag loco pee, and I like that. I think rat bag, but well, there was no T there in, in George Capalbo. Uh, close enough. But, you know, maybe you I mispronounced like that, it. George. Rat bag loco pee. Maybe that's my new nickname on the show. Let's go to rat bag. Anyway, so, so yes. <clears throat> so, by the way, my feeling about all this is it's not killing a real person. So, you know, it's, it's certainly a crime to tear these things down, I would think, if but who's going to be charged? But, um, you know, it's better than people dying. Uh, yeah, even better would be nobody tearing anything down because At all. law enforcement I agree. stop them. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah. I'd take that. And, in the, you know, and I, we won't get too political, George. That's but, okay. Because um, I know, you so know, I know, I know we have another show of... now. You have another show, which I'm very, I was very impressed with that's... your logo. So you can get that Thank out of you. your... Yes, you... my wife. Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel, right. And that's more political kind which of thing. Which is wonderful. My, and my wife has been pushing me into it for a long time. She's been wanting me to do it. And then just one night I said, okay, fine. There we go. It was it was just whatever. So, uh, <clears throat> but, um, you know, at some point, we're going to have to acknowledge that, that an awful lot of middle class white kids helped to destroy an awful lot of working class business, black businesses and that's not a good thing so you know what since since i have uh i only my purview is only allowed to go as far as my uh skin color i would like to punish <laughs> the bad white kids the middle class white kids for helping light fires in black owned businesses and neighborhoods because i think those kids are thugs just the white ones, you know. Those are my. Yeah. I'm in charge of that group. That's my. Those are my. Yeah, I think that's fair. My, uh, I think that's fair. They share my privilege, so I'm allowed to punish them. Exactly. So there you go. That's all I have for that. That's good. That's good. No, but no, but I, I do, I do agree with you having having an outlet for for this kind of thing because I know this is important to you. This is a thing that that matters to you in a big way, and um, you know, it is your it is your um, basically thing you do for a living. Really, is to to look at things in a political sense. When you're not here, oh, we had a big one this week, George. Did you see? Were you checking out the Little Sun at all? Probably not. You have a life, and you were slammed. I, so. I, I was slammed this week, but I do still have a subscription, so I, I do get a notification okay. every morning that my newspaper has arrived. And, and tell, so tell me. No, we had a we had a columnist um, write a column, essentially saying, you know, he was sick of wearing the mask and. And he do what he was told, but he's sick of it, and he's not wearing it in the car, and he intends to be free. No more mask, and I'm, I, you know, I'm going to roll the dice at this point. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the governor telling me what to do, and and uh, having a bunch of people be able to protest, but I'm not allowed to go somewhere without a mask. I'm not going to wear the mask anymore. And so people got very upset. Readers got very upset and said, oh. you know, we were giving away, we were printing dangerous information. But it was an opinion piece, you know, et cetera. Yeah. But it's created quite a stir. Uh, I mean, quite. It's the most controversy I've had since I've been there. We've gotten dozens of letters. That's and, excellent. Uh, actually, uh, there's no such thing as yeah. bad publicity, right? You, you, you well, want that? I agree. I just think I think that this is within the within the realm. This was this was a, an opinion that is that is expressed by many people around the world. They are sick of it. They're sick of being told. They're sick of the rules changing left and right and the facts changing from health officials. And they've had enough, and they don't want to be told what to do anymore. They just want to go back to living. It, it is it is and definitely so, a bizarre world right now. I mean, I was in a grocery store today, it, and it's like everyone's wearing a mask. And it's the strangest thing. You know, you know what? Do you tend to, like, you tend to look at people's eyes a lot now over their mask, trying to figure who they are? 
You know, so <laughs> I, it's, you know, it, it definitely there's something about it that makes women very attractive. Why? Well, that's what know, are, that, well, there you go. Yes, I'm with you. This is where you. I, I guess I telegraphed that one, but yes, that's where that goes because yeah. you, you know, you're looking into someone's eyes, and that's you know, it is a cliche, the window to your soul. But there, there are a lot of mm. people with beautiful eyes. But I'll, right. you know, so by the way, listen. Let me give you my take on all, all this whole thing, the whole mask thing. So I actually have no problem with it if it allows us to go out and do things. Other than, and you know what, when you're driving in your car, you're not wearing a mask. It's not like the entire atmosphere is poisoned. You just care about when you're in an enclosed space with someone nearby. All right, so I, I went to my, so I go to a podiatrist. I don't know if that's a little too personal. It's nothing really weird. I had plantar fasciitis. I got it in you Las Vegas. Had that. Yeah, you had, have you had that? I had that. Yeah. I got it in Las Vegas. Oh, yes, and I didn't leave it there. And so, no, I just got these, I, this is like, well, I guess this is old age, right? It's basically a tendon that's not meant to be. I'm not going to go way down the rabbit hole now, but basically, I got some inserts for my shoes and it's cured. But I could go. I go back and see mm-hmm. him like every month or two. And so he said to me, "Okay, here's the story with the masks." He said, "There's been research." He said, "By the way, I get all the CDC numbers every week." And and he said, "The stuff that's being released publicly is about two weeks behind." He said, "We're we're doing really well in Massachusetts." He said, "Things are great." But here's the thing about the masks. The point of that is, if you're sick. Then you're not you're you're going to spread it less, and if you're not sick, it lowers your chance of actually breathing it in on the off chance that someone's breathed it out. So he said, it, together, two people wearing masks have like ninety five percent chance of not getting the other person sick, and if one of them is wearing a mask, and the other one, then it's like thirty five or fifty five. So it does mm-hmm. do something, but it's not perfect. But it is the it is weird. You know, here's the other thing: humans are very adaptable. I mean. I don't see anybody melting down in a grocery store because they're wearing a mask. They're just doing their thing. And they all, you know, you take it off when you get outside. When you're not within six feet of someone, you take off your mask. They're, they're right. warm, though. So, but yeah, it, it is, um, as I was saying to someone, there was a, I, so last year I did the NBA Summer Leagues. And of course, we're not doing it this year because it'll probably be the playoffs, you know, whenever that happens, if, if, they, if it happens. And I said to, to the guy I did it with, you met him, Lawrence, right? I said, Lawrence, mm-hmm. on the, the list of possible reasons why we weren't doing the summer leagues, a sci- a bad science fiction pandemic out of left field is exactly the last thing on the list, well, why we're not doing it. This is so, it is so bizarre. And, you know, and I, I, I see a lot more people out. I see people eating outside in restaurants. I see people adapting and going to it. But I do think there's big fatigue on, on this. And of course, now mm-hmm. there's some stats are saying it's coming back in other places, I don't know, but not here. And um, you know, there, there's many problems with this. There is the fog of no one really knows what's going on. Correct? They they really they really just guessing. You know, and there are people that you know, so medical people they've got training and all that, and they're using their best possible practice from what they know to try to combat it. But they don't really know what's going on. The government, uh, everything is, and of course, it's it is an election year. If you haven't noticed, Tom, I think you have. So everything's politicized. Mm-hmm. So the sad thing about that is that people probably, are, in one reason or another, are going to die because of being politicized, you know, or get sicker, or not get sicker, or is it is it it, it clearly is not nothing. It's clearly <laughs> not the end of the world. It's, truth is somewhere in the middle. But there are people that are no longer here that have gotten this and and died. There was someone. Um, Mm-hmm. Gosh, I can't think of her name. She was a spokesman for the the Red Cross, and before that, the uh, Donna Morrissey. Donna Morrissey passed away from. Although COVID-19. I don't know if she di- did. She die for this? From this? Yes, yeah, apparently she well, got she it. She was compromised. Died. Yeah, she was in the hospital for something else. But yes, um, and that's the factor. Yeah, it was very sad. Right. 
um yeah no she was very nice um and there's no doubt and the the, the problem is i think the problem is is that the the health community doesn't know a whole lot about the virus and politicians don't know what to do um and um and and there are trends that we can't we can't make sense of you know hospitality hospitality hospitalizations have spiked in arizona correct now and you know who knows i mean there's there's you know disparate numbers all over the place for we just don't know anything about this thing we know there was a virus that kills a lot of people and the, the, what I have a problem with, my biggest problem is when the health community lied and they knew it because they didn't want to run on masks and you, you can't do that stuff. So if you lie there, where else are we lying? What else? What other behavior are we afraid of? So we're massaging the messaging to make sure that, that you know, people don't in hordes do something else. So, I mean, and they, then of course, they, they could know, have I'm been sorry to, for, for, for everybody to applaud the protests as if. You know, as if it wasn't happening. You know, we were told essentially that the, the a dark plague was descending upon people, so we had to had to run away. So you've you've let these protesters, you've let them succumb and their relatives succumb to that plague because you like their cause. That's terrible. I, I guess here's that's the other not, thing. How do you black how do you mattering. how do you stop them? How do you stop people if like ten thousand people want to do something? How do you actually stop that without being a horrible thing? Well, you I don't. mean, how you'd stop <laughs> how you'd stop anything when when you have a lockdown? I mean, there are contained uh, actions happening all over the place. The, the police in Minneapolis in uh, retreated. You know, they were told you, the idea was that the protests would burn themselves out. So, okay, but you've got a health emergency. You'd think you'd want to tell people to stay the hell inside. There was no telling anybody to stay inside. No, they just, you know? they just ignored it one out. Stopping them would be tough, but okay, so you didn't stop them. You didn't have to do the hard work of trying to stop them, and you saved the optics. But if what you're saying is true as a leader, as a municipal leader, then they're killing grandma now. So, okay. Oh, I well, I mean, and is that what these stats are showing us? That these are places where people protest and get out in big crowds and they weren't social distances. They may not have been wearing masks. And that's the, that's and that's, the problem, George. That's is the problem. That, is it, we're getting, if you notice the, the news, the news says coronavirus is spiked since Memorial Day. Oh, the big Memorial Day outing. That must be what it was. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, they're not going to, you know, there's too many politics involved. The media is now, the American news media, much of the world news media, they're simply activists. They're not, it's not worth it. They're, it's lies. Obviously, Twitter is just tr- rubbish. And there's just been too much. Everything is, there's nobody to believe. I would it, it, say that right now you got to go with your own gut instinct. Correct. And wash uh, your hands is still sense. good. I mean, that- and that's why a mask is common sense. A mask 365 a year would be common sense. It just makes sense. Anytime, you know. So I, I mow my own lawn here, George, because uh, I don't, I'm, not, I don't have three billion dollars like uh, the, you do at the Capalvo. I, I have like three billion acres, so, though. That's the problem. I, so, I'm the guy that mows my lawn. It's not that when expensive. I mow my lawn when I have to use the, when I have to use the push mower. Yeah, uh, it kicks up dirt, and I for the next night in the next day, I'm coughing grass and dirt. <laughs> and that's good for your immune like, system. I, that's that's your right, immune system fighting wear something. A mask, obviously. Yeah. No, it's like it just means I'm just breathing it in, and so my lungs are saying, "Okay, yeah. well, we got this stuff here, which is you know a magnolia flower." So, 
But so, you know, the mask thing actually, so it's me that makes kind of uh, a little bit more sense, but we'll see what happens. This is really an interesting time. It really is. I mean, it's we're living through history. Time. We're living through history. Okay, so let's go back to 1919 when they decided they, they'd have the armistice parade in Philadelphia and then it was ravaged by the, uh, the Spanish flu, the pandemic of 1919. Is that what is that what all these, you know, people in the early part of June in ten th- tens of thousands of people is going to lead to? It seems like maybe it is, which is which is bad. So, uh, uh, you know, history repeats itself. It's it's interesting. It's, you know, 100 years ago, they had no technology to do anything. And supposedly we have all this technology now. Well, number one, we have instant communication. So, in 1919, it took a while to, to hear know what was going on. I'm sure people heard about it, but it was days. It wasn't in 30 milliseconds after someone said it around the world everyone sees it so things are amplified so and you're right everything's so polarized and people are are angry and uh they're it's in they're they've been locked up too long you know how much of this is they've been locked up too long and, and they just want to get out and do something so oh a lot yeah oh no doubt there's no doubt well, all, all my all know, my doctor friends have just said to me all along, just wash your hands. Matter of fact, <laughs> I went to my paint store today or yesterday, and the paint guy said, you know, I just wash my hands a lot anyway. I only get like a cold every couple of years. He said, you know, I'm in good good health. If I get sick, I'll I'll probably survive. And he said, but I'm not wearing a mask inside the store unless someone asks me to. I'm just staying six feet away. I'm just staying way behind the counter. And so far, so good. And he said, we've been really busy in the paint because everyone's been home, so they're all buying paint. So, right. You know, wash your yeah, hands. We bought, uh, that is, uh, we is still thousands simple of dollars worth of paint. Yeah, yeah me too. As you've, you've seen it on the walls. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a time to get that kind of stuff done. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm certainly missing my life of going to New York and traveling around and doing stuff. I mean, I was supposed to do a trade show in Las Vegas. You know, I was supposed to go out to L.A. to get my son, bring him back. Uh, I was supposed to do a trade show in in uh, Europe in the fall. None of that's happened. It's just different. So I'm here, you know. So it's uh, it's 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 weird and it's different. But it is history. It is history. So by the way, sadly, I went to a funeral this week, and that was an interesting experience. Um, so my my cousin's wife died very unexpectedly. Well, apparently she'd been sick for a long time and didn't tell anyone. Didn't want anyone to be really upset oh, wow. and worried, right? So you go into the church. And there's a new sacrament in, in the church, which is you hold your hands out and they spray you with hand sanitizer. There's a woman with a mask and she's got a bottle of big bottle of hand sanitizer spray. And she's kind of, you can tell she's smiling, right, by her eyes and she sprays your hands. And then all the pews have, are taped off, every other one. And there's big tape marks down the middle of it with an X in the middle where you're supposed to sit. So you kind of get your own pew, right, which mm. is kind of interesting. Then I got to tell you, the best eulogy I've ever heard. So, so this is the brother of of um, my my uh, uh, you know my cousin's uh, wife, right? And so he says, "Well, you know, if you're a three decker kid, you climb the stairs two or three at a time, even when you're when you're an you know, older guy like me right now, because that's what we did." And he said, "And we lived on the third floor, and my three sisters had the heated room, I had the unheated room, and I'll tell you, there were times when when you know you'd see your breath, and it's like, where's he going with this?" Hmm. So. They're, they're out one day with the families, and he says to some of his friends, well, you know, it's really not heated in my room, and I can see my breath is terrible. And his mother says, that's not factually correct. And he says, no, Ma, it is. I can see my breath. I'm telling you, it's freezing up there. And then she pokes him in the, the ribs and says, that's not factually correct. So after everyone's gone, she says, I am so embarrassed. 
you don't know how embarrassed I am. You keep those kind of things inside the family. You don't tell people. Okay? And he said, my sister took that to the fifth nth degree by not, to not worrying anybody. She kept this all inside. So, it, I thought it was really a poignant, great, great eulogy. It was very, ah, very touching. Yeah, it was really interesting. So, But, um, you know, and then, of course... There's no dinner, right? You're typically there's a lunch for everyone. It's kind of part of the the grieving experience to go and meet with everyone after you've done the funeral, you've been to the cemetery, you're you know it's over, and you kind of put it behind you, and now you're going to return to your life. So you're going to go and sit in a restaurant and talk, and everyone kind of lightens up. You know, people are still sad, right? But it kind of lightens it up a little bit, and. And I feel like, you know, these things are for the people to, that are hurting, to, for their friends to be with them and, and console them and oh, just totally. by being there, right? So, so you couldn't do that. They said, well, you know, so the funeral director says, well, you know, because of COVID-19, we're obviously not going to be able to get together at a restaurant. Maybe we'll do that in the future. So what happened was everybody just hung out at the grave for like a half an hour and talked. So they still did it. They just sort of stayed at the graveside. It was, it was hmm. very interesting. All wearing masks. And it was a nice day. Oh, no, it was a, this was Tuesday. It was a beautiful, warm day. And, um, you know, it was an interesting experience. But, um, yeah, and nothing to do with COVID-19, by the way. I mean, she had, sadly had cancer. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's sad, George. Sorry about sad. that. Yeah, but, I, uh, I was too. But, uh, but it was, like I said, it was a really touching, um, uh, you know, moment to hear that. I, I, was, I mean, I, I've done, I'm sure you've done a eulogy for someone, and I've done it. And uh, this was better than anything I've ever done, you know. So it was it was pretty impressive, and it was really from it was really from the heart, right? So anyway, yeah, you uh, know, I've always found that the best eulogy givers are the ones who are new to public speaking, mm. and and who just kind of say something from the heart. Yeah, and uh, usually, a lot of times, it's a funny anecdote or, or whatever. That the like polished speakers, it's it's it can be a different thing, you know. It's it's, but um, yeah, not that they're you know, they're generally not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. You it's know, generally not fun. It's not a fun thing. But but it was but it was um, you know it, again. I think it helped with healing because certainly um, yeah, of course. You know, their their daughter afterwards was saying to her uncle, you know, that was really good, and, and she said I was, she says, I was laughing at part of it, and I, I'm thinking I'm in church and I'm not supposed to laugh, so I thought it really did its job, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was pretty cool. Wow, and how old is the uh, daughter? 69. Uh, the daughter is probably in her 40s, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember I remember back in the day when she was born, you know, so I remember, I remember my wow. cousin and his, and they were high school sweethearts that were together for 51 years, married for 48. Wow. Yeah, so... There you go. Heading into Father's Day tomorrow, George. Hey, all happy Father's Day to uh, all of us fathers. Yes, yes, do you, yes you, we're all fatherless, but we do what we are fathers. And I just have one, and, and you've got many. Yes, so, I don't even know how many. You've lost count. There's a lot of them. <laughs> that's was, that was like the beginning of Caddyshack at your house, right? Who are you? I don't yes. recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they're going to treat agree. you well tomorrow. This is your day to be treated with the respect you deserve and be pampered a bit by your your uh, your prodigy. I hope. Yes, they will. Yeah, they'll do something anyway. They've they're going to do something. Ideas. They went out today for something. So, so we'll see. You know. Uh-huh. They went out and did something. So there's a secret plan being hatched. I don't think we're. I think my son and I are just going to hang out. Actually, I'm probably going to go into Worcester tomorrow 
my good friend Hank Stoltz has invited me to go back. Gonna, the Worcester Public Market is reopened. Like, things are reopening. And he said, we're going to go there with my, my sister's in town. And I said, sure, let's do that. So we're going to do that. Hanging out with radio, more radio people. I like my radio life. Other than, when, other than when things don't work. <laughs> but everything's working fine tonight. But I had a, I had a bad week of technical things. There were none, none of them were my fault, but I had to be there to help out, to roll bandages. Right. And solve it, and it was all late at night, early in the morning. So I was. That's why. That's I apologize for not doing a show before this. I was. I've been ready. I had this anagram thing queued up for days, and uh, you know, it just didn't happen. But we shall. We should try to do more this week. We always say that. We actually managed to do it for a while. We did a couple of uh, yeah days in a row. Excuse me. But um, anyway, and it is just. It, is it how is it warm? Is it warm in the north coast? The the northern. Uh, Point of oh, it's really hot today. It was hot really here hot today. Took a nice mass. walk, George, a five and a half mile walk today. Wow! That had uh, it starts off with a big hill too. Yes, I'm I'm pushing George. I'm pushing to be less fat. We'll see how that works out. Either way, my lungs will be in better condition. So that at the very least, I'll have right. a good set of lungs for a fat guy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's important. Has, radio, uh, you know. There's all sorts of great wildlife up here, and mm. like I saw a deer yesterday, just a beautiful, gorgeous deer. Oh. And they, man, they don't trust me. These deer, you know. I was, I saw him, and he's like a hundred yards to my left, and I'm like, all right, I'll take out my camera as I'm walking. I don't want to. They do don't trust anyone. Yet. They figure that's an arrow. They don't trust. Yeah, yeah. And so I take out my camera. The moment I take a look back over, he's gone. You know, I saw a group of some slinky things, uh, either otters or. If there's a land otter, is there a land otter? There might be, or some big mink and his little kids uh, cross the street in front of me. I've really grown to love uh, these turtles that cross the road. I feel bad for them when they get hit by cars, but yes, I dig. Yeah, I dig these turtles. I think they're really cool. And um, I saw this fist fight between uh, two cardinals and a blue jay. <laughs> they say two turtles having a fist fight. No. That would be like in slow motion, right? They'd lean back and I think so. Kind of like this, that Bugs this, Bunny this... cartoon, right, where that turtle would be very slow. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that guy was—he was a cool guy. But these blue jays, the blue jays are really the the thugs of the bird world. Really. But these cardinals fought him off. It was good to see. It was good Excellent. To see. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of tweeting in, in the morning out here. I'm not sure what's going on there. I saw, actually had some. I had some. So you know, I'm more in a residential. You're you're more you're kind of residential, but you actually have a number of wooded type areas, so you can see wild animals mm-hmm. in your town. Where I'm, I'm really in the center of a town. But I had two rabbits, and man, could they run fast? Yeah, you know, they were just running around. They would yeah, stop and hang the new out. Squirrel, yeah, <laughs> the new squirrel, right? And the neighbors, they are. They the neighbors' are. cats afraid of served. me. The neighbor's cat's afraid of me. This beautiful hmm. kind of brown and white, uh, you know, cat looks to be pretty young. And it just sees me. It's like your deer just runs away. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get it to come over and I can scratch its ears or something or it can claw me. I don't know. Or something. But it hasn't worked out yet. Well, you know what to do. Just food is the key, I think, with those well, things. I, I did. I got some, right? I have some. I have some treats. So, yeah. Yeah. I come with treats. <laughs> I'm equipped with treats. All so, George, you so don't Thomas. have a brick and mortar for your business uh, no. uh, anymore, anyway. And I'm essentially the same way. I'm like, oh. uh, I'm. <laughs> You're virtual now. Yeah, no, we. Yeah, I mean, there's no real reason. Mm-hmm. My office is kind of like ceremonial. Right. You know, it's the editor's office, and I can go there and 
watch cable TV and pretend. Uh, but other, all I'm really doing is getting the mail. And you know, people who write me letters to the editor in mail form, it, I don't know that the chances of getting published are great. Just for, just on principle, George. I'm not even on principle. It's just it's a lot of work to transcribe letters. But you know, um, but you could do like an OCR thing. Could you take like a picture of them and OCR them? Is that OCR a thing, George? Yeah, like Google, I think, has a thing, like a Google Translate thing. You can just have it, just OCR it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just aim your phone at it. Oh, good. All right, well, Mabel Tilton, your letter may well get read and printed now. (laughs) Thanks to George and his technological prowess. That used to be a thing, like, do you remember the old, remember you're you're too young for this, the old Steve Allen show. Steve Allen, the first host of The Tonight Show, which I didn't see. That was before yeah. my time. But he used to do it in, in probably like the late 60s, early 70s. He had a daytime show in the summer, the Steve mm-hmm. Allen show. And he would read letters to the editor with, very dramatically on the air, which I thought was always funny. <laughs> you know, that was uh, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good pianist. Good pianist, George. A, a, a writer. An all, all around Renaissance man. I have an autographed Steve Allen picture, yeah. and, and you saw it in the wall of my office. Which is upstairs. Was he the, the first track. man on the street guy, or is that Jack Parr? Uh, well, he predated Jack Parr on the Tonight Show, so yeah. you would think he was. So maybe okay. So that was his man on the street. He also acted in the movie. He played um, a big band leader in the movie, didn't he? he? I think he was Benny Goodman, and he was very good at it. Right. Yeah, he was. He was a very right. talented I guy. I've got some Steve Allen ch- chops, George. I'm sorry. Say again. I've got some Steve Allen chops. I know you do. You you do your so question for you yeah go ahead do you have do you use a, a Facebook account you said that you might have a I, underground I, one I have an underground one I just use to test things but he he has he's like me he has no friends and uh, he really doesn't you know po- never post anything and uh, you know he's just really kind of a sad guy hmm. <laughs> but um, no I don't I, I do have a it's a do you want to know you know the name <laughs> you could become its friend I'll just sure. block you. All right, it's, uh, his name is Carson Vegas. Oh, what a jerk, George. Wow. <laughs> Carson Vegas. Oh, two S's. Or no. Oh, what S? Carson Vegas. That doesn't exist, George. Well, probably because he has no friends. He's there. Oh, there he is. He doesn't have an avatar? He does have an avatar. He does not. He does have an avatar. I don't. I have. I'm looking at a Carson Vegas. It's a black and white photo. Hmm. Carson I Vegas. Term, I can't remember who he is. <laughs> he's a famous. He's a famous writer and actor. He was. He was a guy much like you, in the forties. I can't oh, I think see. of his name. Is right it now. Wheaton College? No. Here, let's see. Uh, let, me, let me go. All right, let me go and find this. Hang on. So where are we going with this? But go, I'm, I'm playing along. I'm fine. Uh oh, that isn't so. Good thing. Good so thing you're off duty right now. I know. Yeah, I got relieved. It is we'll Father's see, though, Day because uh, my wife is putting the chickens to. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right. I, I'm Carson dot Vegas dot seven. To those of you, oh, uh oh, Cyril, what's what is it? 
I'm trying to figure out who my um my let's see there was a it was a uh, he was a uh, let's see he died at 21 in New York. He was a uh, comic and a writer. Oh. And he died in like 1945, and I can't think. And his name has escaped me, but he's from Worcester originally, and he was really he was oh. like he was like you. He was kind of cool and glib and and uh, well spoken <laughs> and. Uh, Arya, it wasn't anything like you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. You don't. I. This must be. You must be blocking me or something, George. I don't. I see blocked him. everybody. All right, here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send you. I'm texting this to you. Hang it on. doesn't matter. I think this is not good. Oh wait, I see. Isn't it this guy? Yeah. Who the is old that? Old guy, black and white. Old guy. Yeah, that's it. That's him. He has no friends. In a he posts nothing. Relationship. Oh, I see. Yeah. No. I. <laughs> I see. <laughs> that predates some other life, but um, yeah. I was trying to make someone. That is laugh. Pete Rose, George. Is that Pete Rose. What the heck's his name? I gotta find. I gotta find this now. I'm now embarrassed. All right, uh, Hollywood writer. He died at 21 in New York in like 1940 something. Victor Borga. No. Robert Benchley. How about that? I typed that into into Google. It came up with it. Robert Benchley. Deadpan parody, surreal oh. humor, critic and film film director, writer, 1928 to 1945. Robert Benchley. B e n c h l e y. I thought he was, he was pretty cool. Hmm. So he was an American humorist, best known for his newspaper column. There you go. See, I, I, I was, I was, uh, wasn't just buttering you up. Hmm. What do you know? What do you know? That was my. That's what my avatar. You know? George, we gotta think of something here to 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 talk about. Uh, we find yes. things. I, I've had uh, I had two good stories for you, and I did some anagrams. I did I've done my show prep, so I'm good. All right. Let's so see, I'm sorry, I'm trying a blank. I, no, no, I, I have a. So I, I just did, I just finished a tech minute, and it's kind of interesting. Um, I actually was having a hard time figuring out what I was going to do, but I found out. Okay. So someone, some some um, uh, scientists, researchers at Stanford. This is a couple years old, but I still thought it was kind of cool. They've invented a material that would could eventually end up with air conditioning, which needs no power, other than like pump some water Ooh. through this thing. Okay. So, all right. In the winter, when you go outside, and it's a clear, cold night in January, and it's been kind of warm in the day, but then it just gets absolutely planet hoth frozen frigid and what that's because of radiational cooling where all the heat just escapes out into space and it's gone it doesn't come back to the earth and it really chills things out there's clouds it doesn't happen well it turns out there's some wavelengths of light in the infrared spectrum that go through the atmosphere no matter what so these guys came up with some materials there's like a silver plate so it's shiny and then they deposited this stuff on top of it that only lets out these wavelengths so Everything hitting it bounces off, but on the other side, all the heat gets gets radiated out directly straight out. You know whatever direction the thing is pointing, so you point it straight up, and they they it actually lowered the temperature of of um, you know cooling water for an air conditioning system by about twenty degrees, which is pretty huge. And they said even more if we if we if the, if the flow was shorter or, or longer, you know, it was a slower flow. So that's kind of cool. No moving parts. And, you know, I don't know what it costs to manufacture, but it can't be that much, right? Other than the silver, that's going to be very thin. So I thought that was kind of a neat thing. That is cool. It is. And literally cool. And, of course, 
in the same article, they said, well, in the winter, they actually have to put stuff on it that makes it stop doing that because then it gets too cold because right? you, you're sucking all the heat out of your house. So you could you could build a roof that uh, cools. Oh, you're taking photos. You've taken a photo. Uh, it's of a screenshot, George. I'm a sorry. screenshot. Oh, screenshot. That's okay. How do you hear everything I do? I must have something depressed. Uh, as long as it's not you, it's fine. No, it's so it's your microphone. It's just picking up the sounds of your of your computer. Wow. Wow. Incredible. I'm sorry. I'm taking screenshots of something. <laughs> That's fine. All right, George. Well, Thomas, <sighs> it's we it's very good to chat with you, and and uh, we will. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, I do have some more drops, by the way. Are you ready? Should I play you a drop? Oh, good. I got a drop. Here's a drop. Okay. Uh, here we go. Tom Shattuck and George Capambo. The point of things. Everything they say translated into Latvian is slightly obscene. How about that? Is that good? Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I, I think I heard something somewhere else where they said sort of the same kind of thing, where they have a diff two different voices saying the name and the title of the show. And I, I just thought it sounded cool. So I stole that that sort of um, flow and then came up with all my own stuff for it, of course. Very nice. Thank you very much. Very nice, George. All right. All right. So shall we, shall we call it a day? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm underperforming, George. No, you're, you, you're just fine. No, no, you well, you, <laughs> you have a lot more. Yeah, we both had a lot going on this week, but you had a lot more than me, and I did have some time to do some prep. All right, so let's see. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any new out things, but um, or here, here we go. How about this one? Prizes won on the point of things are dropped at your doorstep out of the back of Tom's late modern Volvo. We should probably have a giveaway <laughs> at some point, a, a prize of some kind. I don't know. All right, all right. Good night. Drive safely. God bless you. And as well. See you, George. So long. <laughs>